Welcome to the Town Talk Sports El Paso, Texas High School Football Roundtable. I'm Alex Nicolás along with the coach, Tony Grijalva. And coach, midway point of the season. Interesting for majority of the teams with District 15A D1, District 15A D2, District 16A, all by week smack dab in the middle of the schedule. How big of an advantage is that is for a head coach? Obviously, you know what you have done in the first half and you know what you have in the second half. But what is a head coach are you looking forward to really work on during this bye week? Well, normally it uh, it comes the time where uh, if you if you have time, depending on what t- how much time you have, but you know just just looking over what's happened uh, in previously in the season as far as offensively and defensively, and just you know, we, most coaches know exactly what uh, you know, what their strengths are. But uh, at this point, it's a matter of uh, looking at the, the opponents that are coming up and maybe, you know, get an idea what what is it that we're going to run offensively and defensively versus the running team plus against versus a, a passing team. And then, of course, it's district. So, you know, just about anything can happen during that time. Talk about injuries this time of year. I mean, guys are banged up. Is it, is it about developing guys behind them or is it just really just getting guys arrested up and, and whoever's banged up, getting them ready for that district hall? You know, I've, I've noticed from my experiences, Alex, that uh, if we had individuals banged up up until this point, you know, they really they really couldn't go full speed. Mm. You know, they weren't going to completely recover, in other words, because you're playing every week. Right. So, so the the important thing was, like you mentioned, to to try and work on these guys that, that are going to be backups, give them a few more reps, you know, because, you know, if, if someone that's already injured goes down during a game, then we need to find somebody to replace them. And it's much easier to work on them during this week, this bye week uh, period, than to try and stick them in the week that that uh, that we that we see an injury so extra reps during practice do most coaches maybe scrimmage or try to have something full speed even if it's just you know maybe not a full game but maybe a quarter where you're just kind of going full speed maybe a small period during practice yeah usually we would do one or two periods where we would go uh full speed uh just to you know, just to keep the edge You're up, right. you know, as far as, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be soft for, because actually it ends up being two weeks of practice. Right. Because you, you, you got the, the bye week and then you've got the week to prepare for, for the next opponent. So, you know, and, and, you know, some, some coaches would like to give the, the kids some days off, you know, we would give them maybe one day off, <laughs> one afternoon off, and we didn't want them to get used to, you know, to relaxing too much, and then it's hard to bring them back. Coach, I got to go somewhere. Coach, I got to do something. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to do that. So kind of keeping on that bye week theme, two teams have a pretty big game after the bye week, and that's right. Franklin and America's. How much prep do you start now where it's you're prepping, but you're not overloading the kids with too much information and they're overthinking it come game week and obviously game day next Thursday, two, Thursday, uh, two Thursdays from now? Well, you know, it, it's already on the coach's mind, mm-hmm. and it's already in the player's mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, uh, it's Thursday, so it's even a day earlier than that. So uh, you have one less day as far as that goes. But uh, uh, you know, i I would start I would start putting in some uh, some of the this opponent's uh, tendencies and their formations and and things like that, e- even on the on the uh, on the off week. You know, I mean, not not give them a whole lot that they get confused, but just enough. This is how they're going to line up to this formation. This is how they're going to line up to this formation. This is what they like on first down. This is what they like on second down, those types of things. So even like an advanced team like Franklin and an advanced team like America's with experienced players, just doing that in kind of sets the tone, right, for the rest of the week and then obviously going into a full week's preparation. Well, exactly. And uh, what you're you're looking for mainly, like I said, is the the first week out out of the two, the first week is tendencies. 
You know, the, the, the players have to understand offensively and defensively what their tendencies are, what they like to, for example, if you're on offense, what they like to do as far as coverage, you know, how, what, what, uh, which down to the like to bring backers, you know, those, those types of things. And uh, if you're on defense, then, then you need to know tendencies. They line, they line up in a certain formation, you know, what do they like to run? Is it pass, you know? What percentage pass? What percentage run? Just those types of little things. And and talking about those two teams, Americas and and Franklin, it's going to turn into a chess match. I mean, yeah. there's so much talent on the field. Where at the end of the day, those fourth quarter situations, those third quarter situations, end of the half situations, which we always talk about, you know, those are very important to go over. So let's kind of look ahead to that game. You know. I'm looking here. I'm kind of looking ahead. I think, okay, okay so who am I going to predict in that game? I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it's too close to call. It is. I mean, both teams are, are kind of opposites in terms of they run their offense. Defensively, sort of the same thing. America's not as aggressive as usually, as, as you notice. Franklin can be aggressive, but they have two really good linebackers. I mean, w when you look at this game now, a week ahead, I mean, what what are you looking – what's the main key that you're looking at for either team? You know, uh, it's funny you say that because – Really, in my mind, it has nothing to do with football. It has to do with the mental preparation mm -hmm. of, of understanding what this game means because you're not going to play this game again. Right. You know? And so to me, you've got two weeks to build in the kids' minds that you know, this, is, this is what needs to get done. It has to be a mental game. We can't have uh, outside penalties. You know, we can't have dropping the ball in the pass. We can't have those types of things. That, those are mental. You can, you can take care of those. You know, the rest we'll work on during the two weeks. And it's just, it's, it just means more, like you mentioned, because after this, you know, for either team, not like they play this in sequence, but Pebble Hills is really good. That's right. Montwood is very good competitively wise. You know, you never know what you're going to get out of Coronado late in the season. What, you know, they've been known to, Bob Anderson been known to really make some adjustments towards district play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a gauntlet in that district. And, sure. and really, you know, you don't want to be chasing the game. You know, no. you don't want to be that team no. left out. You know, particularly when you look at those top three teams that we mentioned, the Franklins, the Americas, and the Pebble Hills. I mean, it, it, it just really really means more for positioning and all three yes. of those teams and I, we don't even want to count out Montwood because we've seen what Montwood can do now it's about putting it together consistently and and whichever team can really come out obviously is going to be able to run the gauntlet but it just doesn't get easier for here for neither of those teams though no it doesn't it doesn't but you know this is this is important in the sense that uh, this is the, this is just the first game, but this sets the table yes. for the remainder of the season. This is going to determine, you know, how successful you're going to be later on. Are, are you going to gain confidence or are you going to lose confidence because of this first game? So District 16A will be wild, to say well, the least, going forward. Well. Another district that's going to be just as wild, District 15A D1, and a couple of schools have really turned it on over the past couple of weeks, starting with that Bel Air offense. Oh. Three game win streak and the numbers are just off the radar i mean 669 total yards of offense over the past three weeks that adds up to more than 2,000 yards season high six 768 yards last week in a back and forth game against Yasleta. we talked about at the beginning of the year coach that eric scoggin was going to implement this high flying system that it was going to take two weeks or three weeks for them to really kind of figure themselves out kind of figure it kind of feels that maybe they figured themselves a little bit earlier not only that but they're figuring out how to win now defensively right. they still got some work to do but man that offense it's going to be fun to watch not only that's going to be hard to stop come district play no it's it really isn't you know like like you said we, we did talk about it and you know coach Goggin has so much has so much experience running an offense that you know i'm sure that when he when he went in and took the job one of the first things he started working on was the offense yes 
you know, and th- that's just the way it is. And and that's why right now I think they're at the point where the offense is ahead of the defense. Yes. You know? But uh, you know, you've got to look at uh, uh, the opponents that that Veller has played. But still, you know, you throw the ball forty nine, fifty times a game. It, you, after a while, you know, as as a as receivers, as a quarterback, you start you start to figure out you know what it's like against the different defenses. And I think the important thing for for Bel Air is hopefully they've seen uh, and uh, the quarterback and the receivers have seen different defenses and different coverages, so they'll be able to recognize them once district starts. I'm I'm gonna guess here and, and, and play kind of play act like I'm Eric Scott and going into that interview to, to for the Bel Air job. You had a sophomore quarterback that was pretty good last year, Adrian yes. Parsons. Um, obviously, our town talks or our speaking rock town talk sports El Paso Player of the Week for his efforts last week. But and I wrote in the preview that I feel like Scoggins going to do wonders with this kid. I didn't think it would take four or five weeks for him to really put out this offensive production. Right. It, it reminds me of AJ Briggs a couple of years ago, the sure. Parkland quarterback, yes. mm-hmm. Gabe Herrera, where we were seeing him continue that this year. You know, as a, as as a, I look at you as a quarterback coach type of guy, what really stands out from Parsons' improvement from last year into Week Five this year? Well, I think definitely it's the understanding of the offense. And, uh, you know, I don't remember last year what kind of offense they, they It was, it was spread, ran. but it was more run-based. It was more run-based. But, but now you're, you're looking at, again, you're looking at situations where, uh, where Parsons has to understand uh, the secondary, the coverages, you know, linebackers, how they're lined up, you know, uh, the, the probability of which linebackers coming, those types of things, you know, uh, along with, of course, then you've got the advantage of Coach Coggins and uh, developing routes, combo routes, and, and whatever you may be that may fit the, the defense that they're playing. And, you know, look, staying on that point, you know, you're looking at what Parsons did the first half of the first half of the first half of the season and since the first two games, you know, Fernie Castillo was his main target. Right. Now you're seeing Adam Gomez, a sophomore, and that parlays into what you're talking about with him getting comfortable and getting other players involved but not only that they have a run game uh you know Devin Loray 211 yards and a yes. touchdown a big physical back that's hard to bring down he's elusive he's he runs well in the open field but he's strong also can catch out of the backfield you know having that dimension also with the pass game with the tempo that they run I mean 49 passes Adrian Parsons through completed 65 percent you know I, I'm gonna pull up some of the stats that they but they ran almost 70 80 plays <laughs> yeah, you know that's what we saw that first year when Muskogan took over that Parkland offense and it's really just parlaying with a really good running back in Loray. Exactly, and and right now, uh, as the last couple of games, you know, they, they've been throwing the ball, and and that's that's what they want to get the experience doing. But but somehow in the back of my mind, I have the feeling that once we get to district, it's not going to be all I throwing agree. the ball. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to use Loray more a little bit more in the running game. It's going to open up the passing game more, and I think not only are the players. Uh, learning this new experience, but I think Coach Scoggins is also, you know, putting his two cents in there as to how to make those adjustments. And let me correct myself. I said seventy plays. That's eighty nine total plays <laughs> that Pelé ran last Friday, and that's wow. that's speaking of the tempo. And and you know that's hard to defend. And what that does is it 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 does what I mean it kind of offsets your defense. We've talked yeah. about the offense being ahead of the defense, but to be able to run down the clock in the final minute when they got the football score with two seconds left. I mean, 
I mean, of course, as you want to win the game, you want to have a defense. But like I said, winning the game, particularly district play, sure. this this could be the norm for Bel Air, where we're seeing shootout after shootout. But I think the Highlanders are fine with that as long as they're winning ball games, coach. Oh, exactly. I mean, th- this is this is the first year in this system. You know, it, it's a matter of just gaining the confidence. You know, as you mentioned, most most of these players are underclassmen, so you know they'll 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 have a future there. But uh, right now, it's just a matter of winning ball games. You know, they, they Bel Air wants to get into the playoffs. I think that's the number one priority. Looking at the young, the youth of it, going just looking at one ball game, going back last week, Ferdinand Castillo, Jr., 12 catches, 121 yards, three touchdowns, the game winner, may I add. You also have Chris Garcia, three catches, 44 yards. He's a junior. Adam Gomez, back-to-back 100-yard games, had 178 yards and seven catches, sophomore. Jason Smith, nine catches, 95 yards, two TDs, sophomore, they're going to be good the next couple of years, coach. Oh yeah, no, no, definitely. And and then it's, it's not one. It's not a team where where it's going to. It's the quarterback throwing to one receiver. Right. You know, this is this is putting pressure on the defense to say, well, who are we going to cover first, or who are we going to double team? You know, it makes it difficult. One of the more intriguing matchups in district play. I'm mean, in that district. I mean, every matchup is going to be great. We're looking forward to East Lake Eastwood. We're looking forward oh, to yeah. East Lake Del Valle, Bel Air Del Valle, Bel Air East Lake, Bel Air Eastwood. Um, you know. So many combinations of good games, but the Del Valle Conquistadores, coach, think they're back a little bit. Um, you know, this is a team that really we we watched both games. We got we got a joy to cover both of those games, and you just yeah. felt like there was periods where this team looked really good, and there was periods where this team just there was an experience on offense. Exactly. Really, defensively, exactly. this defense we've been impressed with them. They cover yeah. well, they tackle well, they understand the system. They they're disciplined. Yeah. They don't beat themselves. If they get beat, it's because the other player just made a play, and, and that's been evident. Uh, but now you're seeing Sebastian Carr really put it together at quarterback he's finding the kid Gabriel Rodriguez they're starting to have a little bit of connection and then Joel Serrano who we really saw become a big part of their offense right off the bat in week one now he's taking it to another level and he's busting those big ones and he's getting them 100 yard games you know that talk about how we everybody it's cliche to say oh the tough schedule gets you better Delvai is the walking, talking proof of that right now. Well, that's exactly right. That, that was the thought in my mind when, when you were uh, giving the introduction on Delvai. And really, basically, that, that's it. You know, you schedule the toughest opponent, you know, beginning with Mayfield, and then, then you've got uh, Central from, from El Centro. And though these, are, these are teams that, you know, are not pushovers. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're they're going to come to play. And, yeah, Delvai took their lumps. They did. But, uh, you know, they learned from them. And, and now they, they come in and, uh, you know, last week they, they surprised everyone, you know, uh, or two weeks ago, excuse me, they surprised everyone, actually the last two weeks. And it's just a matter of, you know, you could tell the, uh, the players are, you know, they bought, what, they bought into what the coaches were telling them at, at the beginning of the season. After the Mayfield loss, they heard, they heard the same thing. After the, the Central loss, they heard the same thing. But now they believe it because it, it shows on the field now. And do you feel we, we were following that huddle game very closely? We had a weather today at Mountain View. We're covering Mountain View, Canotillo. Mm-hmm. And that first half of that huddle game, that maybe changed the tide for Del Valle because yeah. they were in that football yeah. game. It's just we know it's tough for El Paso teams to go up against those other teams with depth, but Del Valle, as they do against those big opponents, held their own. Do you think it really started in that first half? And even though they lost 38 to 14, those kids took that nine hour bus ride and said, Look, we got something. Let's go out there and improve it. And I think they have. Well, they, they, they really have. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a credit to, to the coaches, the, the whole coaching staff that, uh, you know, uh, stayed. Uh, 
confident in what they were doing. You know, they stayed positive in what they were doing. And you're right that that first half of that huddle game, you know, they they were in it. They were they were in it the, that entire time. And uh, yeah, they they got behind uh, in the second half. Of course, they, they probably got worn down, which is what what happens to most El Paso teams when when they travel east. But uh, you know, they put on a good a good showing, and I think that's that's where they. They just they figured out well you know what what we're doing it works we we just got to do it better and we just got to play a little bit harder. Delvai basically shut out their first team defense basically shut out Hanks. It was scores fifty to nothing when it seemed like Delvai called off the dogs. But what's the most impressive thing to for you about what Delvai did to what's going to be a really good Hanks offense all year long the rest of the season? Well, it was surprising, <laughs> you know. To be honest with you, it really was surprising. You look at the numbers that Hanks put up, uh, you know, before this game. And, you know, I mean, the, uh, the spread offense, if it's run correctly, Bella runs it correctly, Hanks runs it correctly. And if it's done that way, uh, then it's very hard to stop, you know. I mean, y- they, you may lose, but you're going to put points on the board. But when you see a 50-0 to zero score at half uh, for Del Valle, you know, that just tells me that they were just completely dominating, whether it be on the offensive, defensive line, and then in the secondary with the coverage. Del Valle opens up district play October 10th, a doubleheader at the sack. They will play El Dorado, then they got Eastwood, and Bel Air, then Eastlake, and Chapin. So a little bit of a tough gauntlet there in the middle of district play with Eastwood, Bel Air, and Eastlake. Definitely going to see how far the Conquistadores go at that point, but definitely right now playing with high confidence, and that's a good thing for the Big Bad Blue. Transitioning to another 5A school, school that we don't normally talk about, but we got to talk about this rushing game from the Jefferson Silver Foxes coach. New off Offensive coordinator John Harris, we talked with Coach Martinez in the offseason. He was excited about sort of the philosophy change in a way, and it's paying dividends, and they found themselves a stud. Sophomore Arturo Rubio, got to find out if he find out if he's related to that Jose Rubio right. kid that basically put them on their back in that final game against Bowie to force a, 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 a coin flip. But looking at Arturo Rubio this year, his past three games at part and, and Let's mind you, these are two, two, three of three really good defenses. Parkland has a very athletic defense, 141 yards rushing. Riverside starting to develop one of the top defenses in their yeah. district, 164 yards. And then last week against Irvin, who has one of the best linebackers in District 25A Division Two, 158 yards. How good can this Jefferson run game be? In district play for the Foxes. Well, you know the only, the only thing that concerns. I mean, they're, they're doing a great job. Coach Martinez's staff. They're doing a great job. You know, the only thing that concerns me that will always concern me with these types of schools are the numbers, right? And and uh, uh, injuries. You know, we're getting to the part of the year now where you know you, you got to be a little bit more careful, especially physical teams. Jefferson is a physical team. Yes. Yeah. And Bowie, Austin, they're physical teams. And so, you know, sometimes when you, when you get to that, uh, uh, to that situation, you know, you just have to be careful with it. But right now what they're doing, you know, for being a sophomore, you know, they're doing all the right things. Obviously the, uh, the pass blocking schemes or the run blocking schemes that, that they're running, you know, they're, this what tells me against these types of defenses, be able to put up those kinds of numbers. You know, it's not, it's not just the effort of the tailback or the fullback, but the, it's also the effort of that offensive line. And kind of going back to what we talked about with Bel Air, it's a very young team. Yes. You know, their quarterback, Alcala, a sophomore. Rubio's a sophomore. Um, you know, another one of their leading rushers that they have this year, uh, Carlos Marcias, I believe that's his name. Um, he's a so- he's he's a junior. So, you know, developing these players at a young age, like you mentioned with numbers at schools like Jefferson and, 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 and Bowie and the Southside schools that they're more spread out than the other sides of town. You know, having those young talent develop young, that sets you up for a nice little two, three-year competitive window. 
Well, and, and the perfect example is Bui. Right. You know, Bui with Coach Padilla, that's exactly what he Justin did. Justin Diaz, Carlos Varela. It, yeah. You know, just, just establishing the program, picking it up one year at a time, you know, to get it to the point where, you know, you're in the playoffs consistently and, you know, you, you have successful seasons. And I think that, uh, you know, Austin right now is on the verge of doing that, and I think Jefferson is also. Staying in that district and looking at one of the district openers that we covered last Friday, the Andrews defense coach, oh a gosh. big bounce back win. I mean, you talk about you know obviously two different types of offenses you have to defend week to week pass happy spread air rate type when you play a 6a team in friendship obviously they have a quarterback that's going to play the second level or the next level and then you had the transition to playing an austin offense that came in averaging 316 yards per game and they just shut them down coach i mean we were just fully blown away not only with anderson's technique and their domination but the depth that they run when that front four Exactly. And, you know, th this is one of those games that, uh, you know, it was, of course, there was talent on both sides of the ball. But it, but I think it, it was uh, the, the the offensive scheme of Austin just did not match the, the defensive power and speed of that Andrews defense. I mean, they 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 were totally uh, dominant at the line of scrimmage with their linebackers. You know, the speed was there. It was just, you know. Everything it seemed like everything that that Andrews did, they did right. And it just it seemed like the first thing what they what I felt looking at it on film is Gustavo Gallardo at tackle, yes. clearing the lane every time, clearing that either with the a gap on the left shoulder side of the of the center mm -hmm. or the right shoulder. I mean, he was just clearing that a gap, which allowed whether they were twisting. I mean, most of the time, I think they just Andrews just went into their man defense and yeah. just kind of let their guys play. Yeah. But Keontae Liggins, coach, I mean, <laughs> this is a, I mean, for lack of a better term, he just he's an animal man he's he everywhere i mean the kid could just do it all and he proved it a tip interception to himself filling gaps finishing off when there was guys still on their feet able to to get into a crease and finish the tackle you know this is a kid that has division one talent there oh, is no doubt. doubt about it he just you know these co i don't know what we got to do to wake up the rest of the state these coaches right. but i mean how special is Keontae liggins this guy that we've been following the past couple of years coach and we really got to see i think one of his better games overall last friday yeah, that, and that's true. And I, I don't, I don't know to, to to be honest with you. I mean, you know, he he shows the speed. You know, he shows the power, the strength that that he has. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of quickness as far as getting into gaps and things like that. You know, the only thing that I really haven't seen him do, I I don't know if that makes any difference. But you know, he he doesn't. Uh, I haven't seen him backpedal much. Right. Because he because he's always going forward. Yeah, and he's there always is, making the play at the there point. There is of no there's no need to backpedal. You know. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I, everything else, you know, his footwork, I, I guess, might be a little bit of a question because he doesn't use too much, that much right. footwork. You know, like I said, he's straight ahead. He's a straight ahead guy. That's what he's going to do. And that's something he'll probably learn at the next level. And, sure. and those different type of coverages, the more exotic coverages, exotic blitzes, the zone blitzes. Seems like Andrews kind of keeps it very vanilla in a sense at times yeah. because they have so much talent up sure. there. Um, but Liggins, I mean, definitely a can't-miss prospect. Very and the mo the most thing to me that stands out, I think, from if I was a college coach, he's experienced. He's played yes. a lot of good football. Yes, yes. You know, obviously this year is senior year. He's taking it to another level of leadership and, and and looking at games like Friday where he could just dominate behind a good defensive line. So definitely a defense to keep an eye on. 
We're going to talk about their game this Friday because that's the big matchup of the week. But let's take a quick look here at the Town Talk Sports El Paso Super 8 poll for week six. Top two teams have been cemented all year long. Franklin picking up 17 votes. America's with two votes. Both of them had both. And what's, what's interesting about both of them is both of them shut out their opponents. I mean, you think they're ready for each other, Coach? Uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun night that night. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. Thursday, October 10th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, 7.45, depends on that first game. Goes right. The doubleheader. But either way, we'll have that one here on Town Talk Sports El Paso. Pebble Hill Spartans checking in at 3-2. and two, A nice bounce-back victory against Eastlake. It wasn't easy for them but we both feel like Pebble Hills grew up a little bit and and like Coach Torres told us last Tuesday that's the big thing with this group winning those type of games when you're down when you're up when you have to fight back that was a big win for them just for I mean obviously in the win column but for morale of that team and for the psyche of that team well, it certainly was, especially if you think back uh, at, to, at uh, what happened to him against San Angelo Central, where you know they, they had a lead, you know they, they maybe relaxed, maybe relaxed a little bit, you know, and then uh, you know they got caught there at the end. They came back the next week, another tough team, you know, and they had to play all four quarters. I mean, they really did. Eastlake gave them all they could handle. And he's like another team that I mean they're probably the best one in three team. I agree. You know, in in five A Division One, maybe in, in Region One. You know, I know there's obviously there's other teams across the state, but you know this that's a team that really gave them all they can handle. And Orion Olivas, we've talked about it. We're going to continue talking about it because he's just he a will. junior. He <laughs> is good over 400 yards passing, five touchdowns in that or four touchdowns in that one. He's got some pretty good receivers. We talked about the Andrews Eagles. They come in at four and one. They're the only team in our Super Eight Power Poll that's dipped their toe in district play. They beat Austin last week, forty to seven. Number five, the Parkland Matadors. Parkland kind of just flying under the radar, Coach. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people may be kind of looking down, maybe on their schedule right. over the past couple of weeks, and, and, and taking for granted that well, they were four last week. Where Andrews played Austin, who was three and one. Andrews also played Friendship, but you know Parkland's going to get tested soon, and I think we'll really <laughs> find out where, where the Matadors are at. But I think this team is is on track to where they've been over the past couple of years, and that's a district title contender. Well, they, they've got all the pieces, you know. And and led by Gabe Barrera, quarterback, you, you can't uh, uh, you can't get any better than that. But uh, you're right, flying under the radar. But you know the, the t- their time will come, <laughs> and and when, when it does, you know I, I'm sure that they'll be ready to play. And you know as you said, they, Coach Francis built this this tradition where you know you're going to win a district championship and you're, you're going to move on to the playoffs. One one two games. Maybe three in the playoffs. Who knows? But uh, I think that's the mentality that they carry. And that final game of the season against Canotillo, obviously, it could be a district title game. But don't sleep on Yasleta. Don't sleep yeah. on Hanks. Those are two teams that can score with Parkland. Right. And that's maybe the concern is, okay, if Parkland gets in a shootout, just like we saw against Burgess earlier in the year, have they improved from that? Right. Can exactly. they hang in that? And, and obviously you got the quarterback in Gabe Herrera who has the moxie, has the ability. He's not going to lose you a game. Right. But defensively, though, when you get into those teams that can score with you, that's really my question for the Parkland Matters, but no doubt about it. I mean, a team that's loaded, Dante Hayes, Jesse Sandoval, speed, 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 talent, yes. experience. Gabe Herrera is a talent as well. So number five, the Parkland Matadors, 148 points worth of votes. And then number six, the Burgess Mustangs. And how about the Mustangs picking up a first place vote? Somebody got some love for the Stangs out there. I got a lot of love for them too. This week, though, I mean, this is a, a Burgess team that's, again, played a tough schedule. Went to, took Parkland to the brink to overtime the game that probably they feel they should have won. And then, you know, beating a really good East Lake team that we've seen. And then 
you know, obviously taking care of business with Socorro, but we're going to find out a lot about this oh, Burgess yes. team this week, Coach. Oh, we certainly are. On both sides of the ball, Yes, too. we are. <laughs> they're they're going to be pressured uh, on the defensive side, and then, of course, they have to deal with the with the Andrews defense uh, on the offensive side. But, you know, they have the weapons to do that. You know, they, they really do. You know, they got A.J. Johnson, you know, Robert Holocaust, and Big Back. You know, the one that, the one that really impresses me the most, though, is Tavoris Jones. Yes. He's a, uh, you know, I'm looking at the stats and in in prepping for the game and the thing the word that came into my mind was slash yeah because he, he he lines up a tailback he'll line up a quarterback he'll line up a receiver you look at his numbers they're pretty impressive in all three positions yep and it's 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 a reminder of I remember one of my favorite slash guys I don't know if you remember John Childs sure. signed at UTEP or signed at Texas excuse me not UTEP I have UTEP on my mind you know why yeah <laughs> signed at Texas uh, you know and, and he was the perfect match for that in the high school system and and he but Tavares Jones you know he can play running back every down yeah. he can play wide receiver every down mm-hmm. he can play quarterback every down and that that is a big weapon to have and he's only going to get bigger he's only going to get stronger right. we saw him last year as a freshman just out jumping guys for, for rebounds and basketball and, and, and this talent that he has and you know that is a team with, with multiple talents on both sides of the ball yeah. and like we said we will find out a lot about them. Checking in at number 7, two new teams in the 7th and 8th poll, eighth spot here in our Town Talk Sports El Paso Power Poll, the Montwood Rams and Chris Ramos and we saw Chris Ramos in over the spring and the summer working out and we talked with him and the kid is determined he was determined to not only get Montwood back into the playoffs but to improve his his recruiting prowess and over the past couple of games he's really really done that ran for 289 yards against Eastwood the week before that 178 yards both games he had four touchdowns I mean he's really really turned it on we know his talent we know he's experienced but now the offense is fully built around Chris Ramos and with the Montwood Rams exactly then that's what I was going to mention is that before you know everybody knew the experience of uh, of Chris Ramos and and his athletic ability but now coach uh, Famaligi has has put that offense together you know they were inexperienced to begin with you know, at the start of the season but I think they've they've been gaining the the valuable experience and the confidence and I think it's showing now averaging 233 yards per game and 13 touchdowns in the last four games not only that but Sebastian Galvan the quarterback is starting to play a little bit more efficiently yes. we know they got Aaron Morales as a receiver you know that's why when I talked about earlier about Montwood being kind of a sneaky contender is yeah. because this team has played good football yeah. you take away that that loss against Midland Lee, who let me just say this I would think <laughs> you know it, it, I really would like to see a Franklin and Americas oh, yes. go up against a Midland yes. Lee but Midland Lee's really going to trash everybody let's just be real yeah. you take that game away you know Montwood's played really good football mm-hmm. for being a young program or not a young program in the sense they've been around for a while but they got a lot of young pieces yeah. and you know going into district play I mean that's a very very dangerous team coach well th- this is one of those uh Montwood, to me, is one of those teams that that uh, learned valuable experiences from the pre-district. Mm-hmm. This is one of those teams that you know their 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 pre-district games that they that they played, you know, that helped them. It helped them get to the point where they are right now. And and so once they get into district. You know, anything can happen. So, you know, each week, whoever plays Montwood each week, they better be ready to play. And Montwood's really improved greatly from when we saw them in the spring because they yes. look good in the spring. Really good. We didn't know what to expect from Montwood. They look really good when we covered their spring game and now seeing them week to week. This is a team that's just going to get better mm-hmm. and better and better each week. So, Coach, shout out to Coach Fom and the Rams. Shout out to Chris Ramos, Sebastian Galvan, Pedro Escobar on the defensive side. Shout out to Montwood. What up, Wood? 
Look, checking in at number eight, Del Valle. We shouted them out earlier. We talked about Del Valle. They've, that's a team that's, you know, we've always, we've been talking and, and discussing, do they deserve to be in the, in the, in the, in the eight? You know, they took care of business. They beat back to back ranked opponents who were both undefeated. Right. They're two and three on the year, but this Del Valle team has played really good teams and they deserve to be in 90 points to sneak in. Austin fell out. Hanks fell out. Canotillo was getting some love. Austin was getting some love to get back in. And La Boy! La Boy picking up some love as our de facto number 10 team in the city. So let's look ahead to next week's action starting off at the old lady on the hill, the Irvin Rockets and the El Paso Tigers. Two teams, El Paso's really, really struggled. Irvin, they've shown some flashes. We know they're really young, but we talk always talk about these quote-unquote bottom dwellers that, you know, early on in district play, this is your opportunity to not be a bottom dweller by getting this first district win. Oh, well, exactly. And, you know, like I said, the, the first team, uh, the first game for district, you know, is what sets the table for everything else. And and so that's why, for me, I, I always thought, you know, when, when I was at Franklin, you know, the first game of district was to me, the most important because that's where you set the tone. That's where you set the stage for the rest for the rest of the upcoming games. This game's really, really hard to pick. You know, El Paso seemed to maybe get a little bit of improvement last week in a sense, uh, even though they lost to Bowie, but they put up 21 points when they really just didn't have anything on offense. Um, Irvin coming off of, of a nice stretch where they've sort of found themselves. So this is kind of a game where both teams are really want to fi- find themselves in, in our biggest, our favorite word to say, the C word, confidence. Exactly. And it's, you know, if, if you look at, you know, for these two teams coming in, really, to be honest with you, you know, their coaches are telling them, you know, whatever happened in the past, it's over yes. and it's done with. And we don't worry about that. You know, the season starts this week and this is where we need to get ready for, you know, for the most successful part of the season. So Jefferson 1-0 on the season will host Austin who's 0-1, looking to bounce back. The Battle of the Run game is another one of those games where you should be out of there by 9, 9 30 yeah. in a sense. Yeah. But, you know, this one's going to be fun. This is going to be a real fun game. You got what we're looking at from the outside is the power of Austin versus more of kind of a speed type of run right. with the mixed-in power with Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be one at the line of scrimmage. Valuing the football and finishing in the red zone is going to be key in my eyes in these games. What, what are you looking at as a big key for either team? Uh, to me, I I, I want to see how Austin's going to react uh, after after that loss last week, which I'm sure was very disappointing. Yes, because they, they went into that Andrews game thinking that you know we have a shot, we have a shot. If we play well, then we have a shot. Well, after at, at the end of the game, they they knew that you know it was it was pretty much a dominant performance by Andrews. So so now you know which Austin team is going to show up. Are you going to forget about that game and come back because uh, you know you want to get back on the right track or? Are, are you still going to still linger thoughts about, you know, about last week? So to me, that's the most important, important aspect for, for Austin. Once they get that run game going, you know, I mean, it's just Austin because they, that's what they, they know what to do. Uh, they, they're, they're facing a, an offense in Jefferson that, as you said, may be a little bit different. It, it's not really a power type of offense, but, you know, they are going to try and run the ball. And Fort La Jeff, I mean, for them, all the confidence in the world, a, a program that – won't be you it may start getting used to a two and oh star in district with the young talent they have but you know how important is that for a young team to take care of business in week one and then beat a district title contender and all of a sudden you know, you're, sure. nobody's expecting you to do anything, but now you're two and zero. Right. You know that's going to do so much for those kids, confident wise, and, and it's really going to make them a dangerous team going forward if they're able to get this win at home. 
Well, it will because you know you start thinking about it at the end. If you can start out two and zero in district, that means that you know the, those two games are already in the win column. They're, right. they're not going to move to the other side, you know, to, to the other column. So you know, you that's the advantage that you have against someone that, like for example, like Austin that already has that one loss. So that puts more pressure now to me in my mind on Austin because they already had that one loss. Whereas you know Jeff two and zero, if they do if they go three and zero, like you said, you know th- that confidence is going to be sky high. Every game we do at Town Talk Sports El Paso on Friday is the game of the week, but this particular week we have one big game, and then that's not taken away from the two games we talked about. But this one's huge. This is the district title elimination game. Andres Burgess, seven o'clock at historic Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. The big matchup I'm looking at, Coach, that Andrews defensive line versus the Burgess offensive line. Burgess does a lot offensively in terms of misdirection. Uh, You know, obviously, you know, I hate to bring this up for Burgess fans and the Burgess program, but you you lost one of your best offensive linemen in Jaime Escobar, and you hope that he gets better and goes on to a great career at UTEP. But taking him away from that offensive line, to me, that's advantage Andrews early on. And just because of what we saw last week, to me, that's really the biggest matchup is Burgess is able to run the football Burgess is going to have a chance. If Andrus erases it, we could see what we saw last year. Andrus yeah. shut out the Mustangs, and, and that's very true. Uh, you know, the the one thing that that I see may, maybe a little bit more difference is is Coach, is, uh, Coach Rutledge actually. You know, the experience that he has, and you know, the way that he makes adjustments. You know, you know, I, I'm sure there's certain things that that he's going to bring uh, to to this uh, to this game. You know, for example, just looking at it. Off the top of my head, Austin runs that that power game. You know the offensive line splits were like foot to foot, so that that put that put Andres's defense foot to foot. <laughs> it, it's really hard to block those those big Andres offensive linemen when when, when there's no space in between. Uh, I one of the things that I think uh, Coach Rutledge is, is going to try and do is maybe open up those splits of the offensive line so that the uh, so that to spread out the the Andres uh, uh, defense a little bit more, the defensive front, and the defensive line, and then you. Their athletes in, in the backfield to you know to try and attack any of those gaps or maybe even run around them. One thing looking at this ball game, I'm looking at that Burgess offense. I mean, the pass game, I would expect them to really use the screen a lot, use the screen game a lot, short hitches, get the ball out of AJ exactly. Johnson's hand to really kind of offset that. And at the same time, maybe test those Andrus defensive backs mm-hmm. in tackling, in tackling in space, trying to tackle a guy like Robert Hall, put him out there and throw him a short screen pass. Tavares Jones, you know, we talked about chess match for the Franklin and or the uh, the Franklin Americas game. How big of a chess match is this going to be? Kind of serious to series for both teams yeah. as the game goes on and, and that's going to be the interesting part for me anyway just watching the game and and seeing how uh each team adjusts you know co- co- coach Rutledge excuse me I mean he's he's experienced yes. you know, he knows what's going one on the best in the city <laughs> and uh and you know co- uh, coach Rutledge has, has also been uh a- able to you know make those types of adjustments it, it, it all depends on uh that night, you know, what type of game plan is going to be? As you mentioned, I think it would be a good idea for, for Burgess to come out and uh, uh, not just try and establish the run, but establish the pass so they can open up the run. That game starts at 7 o'clock, just like the rest of the city. I'm going to take a bye week off as well. And <laughs> the uh, coach and Sergio Robley will have that call on the Andrus and Burgess channel, 7 o'clock. But don't forget to check out the website, TownTalkSportsElPaso.com. I'll have my preview, a short preview this week, but we'll preview every game. Also have the standings up later and in the week. Follow us on Twitter at TT Sports EP for the latest scores and updates from around the city. Follow us on Facebook 
at facebook.com slash ttsportcp. And we're also on Instagram at ttsportcp. Find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Rate, review, subscribe. We're on uh, at Apple, Town Talk Sports El Paso. Also on Google Play. We're also on Anchor. We're on everywhere you can find podcasts. Check us out. Town Talk Sports El Paso. So for the coach, Tony Grijalva, this has been another edition of the Texas High School Football Roundtable. We'll talk to you from the press box. You're listening to Texas High School Football on Town Talk Sports El Paso.